I remember sitting with the careers counsellor in my final year of high school. The results from my job seeker test a little murky. She readjusted her glasses and asked, what subjects do you enjoy? That was kind of my issue. The subjects I liked didn't seem to have any clear link in terms of an aspiring career. I enjoyed biology despite having to work hard at grasping some of the concepts. I always had a natural affinity towards reading and creative writing. I enjoyed analysing the context and purpose behind why texts are written. I also loved to dance. It made me feel free, creative, despite knowing that I lacked the talent to take it to a professional setting. As I told her about my disconnected subject selection, she asked, have you ever considered teaching? As a relatively compliant student, I looked at her, shrugged, and then nodded. The next thing out of her mouth was, well, you need a minimum score of 72 to get in. Do you think you can achieve that? Again, I shrugged and nodded, not having any real comprehension of what kind of score I would get. I usually sat around that B plus to A margin or 75 to 85%. However, not having completed a set of exams against the state before, I wasn't really sure what to expect. So that was it. My goal was now to become a teacher. Deakin University would be my top choice as that had a dance program and if I did a double degree in both arts and science with a diploma of education you tacked on at the end, I could major in all three of the subjects I liked. Yep, I was all organised at 17 years old. That was my future set and done. All decided in one conversation with a woman who had never met me before. I would become a teacher. Welcome to After the Bell with your host, Laura. If you like what you hear today, please rate and review kindly. This show is a series of conversations with educators and learners to try and deconstruct some of the stereotypes around education. If you'd like to know more about me, please visit my Instagram page at educatinglaura. Welcome to the first episode of After the Bell. As you just heard, my name is Laura and I began my teaching career in 2008. I'm an experienced English and biology teacher teaching year 7 to 12 over that time. I've also been an assistant science coordinator, the school choreographer and had my own elective dance class at middle school. I've been a private tutor since 2006 and I'm currently still tutoring. I would describe myself as a teacher at heart, which means that I love to help people. I love to be part of seeing other people succeed. And it's really important to me to be part of a greater community, despite being quite a shy kid and student. Once I qualified as a teacher and I stood in front of that classroom for the very first time, it was exhilarating. I loved being there. I loved the connections I was able to form with the kids. And I really believed I was making a difference. The classroom was like my stage and I felt that I was able to create comfort and safety, security and knowledge within the students that were in my classroom. They became my family. They were my kids. In 2016, I fell pregnant with my daughter, Olivia, who was born in December of that year. I left my classroom in November of 2016, marking almost nine years as a classroom teacher. From there, I continued to do some emergency teaching until I felt pregnant again with my son Gabriel in 2018. 
2019 was a year at home with my children and 2020 was supposed to be the year I got back into the classroom. But we all know what happened in 2020. I don't think anybody expected this year. I don't think anybody had these plans. And I think a lot of people had ideas as to how this year was going to go. And many of them have fallen flat and if not cancelled, have had to be quite dramatically shifted and changed. I'm one of those people. I thought that I'd be back in the classroom doing some emergency teaching with the consideration of going back into the formal classroom perhaps in 2021. But being in Victoria, the schools began to close. Remote learning became a big part of education and emergency teaching was no longer an option for me. So out of fear, the fear of lost income, the fear of not contributing, the fear of another year without that mental stimulation, I thought I'd look at ramping up my tutoring. So I gained a couple of tutoring students, which was great and allowed the income to come in and also allowed for me to connect, which is really what I craved to be able to look into curriculum and subjects and research and create resources, which is something I love to do. But then I realized that wasn't quite what I was missing. So I started to try and get to the core of what it was that I was craving So as part of my website for tutoring, I had a blog section, so I began blogging. The first blog was about how you can get through COVID, how you can deal with remote learning, suggestions on how you can put together remote learning timetables, perhaps some stay-at-home activities that you could be doing with your kids. And then as isolation continued, it became more personal. And I started to realize that what I missed was the community and the connections, feeling like I was part of something greater. Sure, the writing was using my brain and I was able to get some stimulation, but there was no feedback from that. There was no conversation or chat. So from there, I went onto Instagram and I started to create an online community. And very quickly, my username went from tutoring by Laura to educating Laura because I felt that's exactly what was going on for me. I was seeing these new teachers, the new generation of teachers online, sharing their resources, creating communities. And it was something that I had not been willing to do up until that point. In 2008, when I began teaching, we were given very stern warnings about our online presence. We needed to be private and we needed to be careful. And so there was no part of me that thought about using a social media platform as a place for community. And yet here I am, isolated, not in my teaching profession, in a really odd limbo place. And I thought, look at this community that's growing online. The kids have got community and connections online. Why can't teachers and educators find that too? Don't get me wrong, it's not like I left my school and became completely isolated. My teacher friends have continued to remain close with me. They let me know what's going on and I'm part of the gossip and catch up with them for dinner and and all of that kind of stuff. But I just almost had this nagging feeling I was like that girl from Mean Girls when everybody's talking about bullying and how Regina George has bullied them all. And this girl talks about this, you know, has this heartbreaking moment. And then somebody says, you don't even go here. And that's kind of how I felt. Even though I was there and I was listening to everything, I wasn't teaching at that school in the way that I was. Even though I was tutoring these kids, I wasn't their teacher. And so I felt like if that's what I really craved, if community was something that I really, really needed, then maybe I needed to make that happen for myself. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never enjoyed small talk at all. I find it awkward and odd. If I'm going to have a conversation, I want to have a good one. I want to know about that person. I want to understand who they are. And I would like to understand how I can interact with them, how I can learn from them, how their perspective can offer me some guidance or insight into the world. And so I naturally have very in-depth, insightful conversations because that's just who I am. And I have incredible people in my life with whom I love to have these deep, insightful, groundbreaking 
silly conversations. And so why not do that here on a podcast? Because if I find these conversations interesting and I find my friends, fellow educators and the people that I'm going to bring onto this podcast exciting, then maybe I'm not the only one. And maybe through this, I can find that connection and I can create that community for myself. I feel a little bit like I'm at a crossroads. I've got two young children. Olivia will be four in December and my son Gabe will be two in October. And I know when I was teaching, I gave my all. Those students were my kids. I thought about them when I left the classroom. I was concerned about their well-being. I planned classes based on their interests and their likes. And I worked constantly. I would often be at home watching TV with a laptop on my lap, changing a worksheet, creating a new quiz. And I think a lot of teachers can understand that feeling. And so for me, it's a difficult one to know when I should be stepping back into that classroom because how can I give my own biological children now what they need as well as investing what I know I would want to invest in the students in my class? To understand the evolution I have been on over this isolation time, my first blog was ISO Opportunity, very hopeful and enthusiastic. From there, I moved into learning in real life, giving practical tips to teachers and parents at home trying to homeschool. And then from there, I began to start reflecting on what I really believed about education. And for me, so much of education needs to be about the kids and the involvement of important curriculum and skill-based curriculum. And with that, I believe that ego has no place. So that was my third blog. And then from there, I wanted to discuss the importance of joy in learning and where we find joy and how we can get that excitement back for learning rather than just learning for learning's sake or learning for a test. And then this was the moment when I realized what it was that was so important to me. It wasn't just about the pedagogy. It wasn't just about the curriculum. It wasn't just about having rules and routines to follow that gave me a sense of normalcy. It was the fact that I missed my people. I missed my community and I missed those connections. And so the blog post for my people that I wrote on the 16th of May this year really set a new tone for me. From there, I discussed the idea of bringing it home, home to the heart and understanding that your voice and your power needs to be the loudest voice in your world right now. And that's a really important thing for me as a teacher. I think that the primary role of a teacher is to teach skills and to teach a student to understand who they are and what they believe. As a year 12 English teacher, I would often see most of the essays that came back to me was just some kind of regurgitation of what I had said. And that's fine. I understand most kids believe that the teacher is right. But I'm here to tell you that maybe the teacher is just one version. Maybe what the teacher says is just one aspect that you can look at. Because to me, the essays that were the most exciting were the ones that had information and insight that I had never considered. And of course, I'm talking about subjects like English. I mean, obviously... I'm a biology teacher and there's some facts and figures in that one. But even then, I teach human evolution and there's so much conjecture with that because there's so much gap filling. And I think it's important to understand that our ability to learn and our understanding of the world is in constant flux. Teachers can learn just as much from their students. Students and young people are amazing. They step up from very difficult circumstances. They have talents that are beyond words and they have an ability to see the world that people of a different generation just don't have and I would never discount the ability that I have to learn from them. From there, I started to really critically consider what I wanted to see in education and I criticized and analyzed the way that we are presenting in our schools. I then looked at the way that school is structured, especially right now with remote learning. We have 
so much autonomy over the way that we're learning and how we want to consume information. And I thought that was an interesting thought. Perhaps schools will change. Perhaps workplaces will change. Perhaps flexibility will be the new norm. I don't know. We are at the precipice of some very interesting times. And then from there, I wanted to reflect on who I wanted to be as a teacher and why I wanted to be that person as a teacher. I was once one of those students sitting behind a desk, looking at a teacher, waiting for them to tell me if I was right or wrong. And there are lots of things that I have gone through over the past 20 years who has shaped me into being the adult that I probably needed when I was a child. I'll be super honest with you. I'm sitting in my bedroom alone with a microphone and I feel beyond weird. This is not a natural situation for me, especially as a teacher. I love to have interaction and I love to have conversation. So I'll be honest, I have very little interest in recording solo episodes because this is honestly really strange. But it is important that you understand who I am in order to connect with me and to understand what my objective is here. And ultimately, my objective is to consider school through the lens of the individual, to consider education through the eyes of the teacher and also the student, to reflect back on our schooling years because those formative years are brutal for some and they are memorable and they shape us in ways that we don't even understand until we have an opinion as an adult and consider, why do I think that? Was that from an English teacher I had once? Was that because some student at school said this, that, the other to me? Those years are influential and teachers are influential and teachers need to take that responsibility seriously. The skills we need to have from school are supposed to lead us into life. And I don't know about you, but the way the world is changing so rapidly, it's difficult for educators and for school systems and curriculum to keep up. It's almost like curriculum has to be written 10 years prior to the shift that we're seeing in society and how can you expect or how can you presume what society is going to be doing especially with technology I mean who thought zoom would blow up the way that it has right I remember being at a hens party in 2012 and there were some young girls there using snapchat and I said why would you use snapchat what's the point you send something and it disappears in 30 seconds why would you bother sending that well clearly I have no sense of innovation and understanding of what's going on because that along with so many other apps that I dismissed including Instagram as a platform for connection I've literally only got onto that this year because of isolation and the fact that I feel isolated so who knows what's going to happen in the future and it's really difficult for schools to catch up but I think that these are conversations that need to be had what is it that we need to be teaching our kids what do educators think what do students think what do industry think Now, over the past three months that I've been on Instagram, I've garnered a number of followers. Most of them I don't know, and I'm not entirely sure why they are following me, to be honest. I mean, I put things about my blogs. I put things about what I believe about teaching. In fact, one of my last posts was about my teacher values, and I had, you had to be firm but fair. Communication is key. You need to impart knowledge without arrogance or ego. I believe in compassion over unconstructive criticism being authentic, having passion beyond the curriculum and to never underestimate your influence. So that in itself should give you some understanding of what I believe as a teacher. But the fact is I'm not in the classroom. So I'm not giving practical advice and practical tips on my day-to-days because I'm not in a classroom. My emergency teaching has dried up and I'm tutoring. So I'm able to provide some resources from that. But ultimately it's about my beliefs in education. And so I thought, Rather than me just posting things, maybe 
it's important to have those conversations to invite really important thinkers on here to have those conversations with me. My belief is that it's important that we listen. It's important that we formulate an opinion that sits right with us, that sits in some sort of alignment with who we truly believe ourselves to be. Society conditions us in ways that we have no real awareness of. And I'm going to give you an example. I saw a post by Glennon Doyle. Now, Glennon Doyle, I don't honestly know a lot about her other than I believe she was a Christian family woman who wrote a book about her marriage and then her marriage ended and she embarked on a same-sex relationship and is now married to a woman. Her recent book is called Untamed and this quote is from that book. Now, I haven't read that book, so I cannot give you any context to it, but this quote really spoke to me. I thought it was really powerful. And the reason I thought it was powerful is because I thought it would get very differing reactions. Now, this is the quote. We weren't born distrusting and fearing ourselves. That was part of our taming. We were taught to believe that who we are in our natural state is bad and dangerous. They convinced us to be afraid of ourselves. So we do not honor our own bodies, curiosity, hunger, judgment, experience, or ambition. Instead, we lock away our true selves. Women who are best at this disappearing act earn the highest praise. She is so selfless. Can you imagine the epitome of womanhood is to lose oneself completely? That is the end goal of every patriarchal culture, because a very effective way to control women is to convince women to control themselves. Now, I sat with that for a little while, and I considered what I wanted to do with it. I sent it to a couple of female friends of mine that I know would resonate with it, and then I considered what I really wanted to do with it. Because for me, that created an interesting emotion for me. And I was interested in what kind of emotion it created for other people. Because there's so much wrapped up in that quote. You've got, obviously, the idea of feminism. You have the idea of patriarchy. You have the idea of a constructed reality. You have the idea of potentially having an uncontrolled reality or one that is manipulated for you. Now, I'm not going to tell you what I believe about that, but what I'm interested is what everybody else thinks. I'm interested in how that makes you feel. And so I put it up on my stories, but I hesitated. The reason I hesitated was because I thought, what will people think of me if I put this up? There is clearly a feminist agenda here. And unfortunately, in this society right now, feminism can be seen as a dirty word. Now, to me, feminism should be equalism, if that's a word. I can see that there are strides to be made for females, but I can also see that men are boxed into certain stereotypes too. I have a son. And I'm very concerned with the fact that he is supposed to act like a man. He is not supposed to feel certain things. He's supposed to be stoic and strong. That in itself is a manipulation. There is no such thing as a man and a woman. It is a continuum. So I guess I probably have given you some insight as to what I believe of that quote. But what I am saying is it stopped me for a moment because I thought I don't want to be labeled or judged in one way based on a quote because unfortunately that's what happens society sees you aligning yourself with one opinion or another and they make a judgment and to be honest me putting that quote up was about generating discussion at my core I'm a teacher and I love to encourage discussion and I love to get people to think for themselves 
I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to offer thought-provoking comments, thought-provoking discussion, and that is what I'm hoping to present to you through this podcast. In the end, I did post it to my stories and I posted it with a series of questions. One of those questions was, what does this make you feel? And I got answers like uncomfortable, angry, validated. And from there, I asked the follow-up question, can you assign a thought process to understand that feeling? And to be honest, I got fallous answers. It is okay to be triggered by something. It is okay to feel intense emotion around something. Emotions are normal. In fact, I think that they give you more truth about things than perhaps the logic does. But what I was encouraging from my followers was to really deconstruct where that emotion came from. What is it about that post or that thought process or that idea that triggered that emotion in you? Was it experience? Was it knowledge? Was it somebody else's perspective that has been put onto you? Taking the ability to move away from that emotion and see it from a place of neutrality and to deconstruct it and criticize it, analyze it, allows you to find your truth. And to me, that's what a teacher should be doing to help you, to help the individual, to help the student find their truth and to give them the skills to do that. A few weeks ago, I posted a quote from Phoebe Waller-Bridge and she said, I always ask myself, what would I write if I wasn't scared? And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm creating this podcast to put myself out there because who knows how this is going to be received, but I'm going to try and do something, even though I'm a little bit intimidated, even though I'm a little bit afraid of reactions, even though I'm a little bit scared that it's going to go nowhere, I'm going to put it out there anyway. So hopefully you have some understanding of who I am. If you would like to know more about me, please go to my Instagram page at Educating Laura. Now that you have some understanding of what I'm all about. And this podcast will be a series of conversations with educators, with some of my ex-students who've become the most amazing human beings. And we're always that, but have become even more so as as budding adults. I'll also have ex-teachers coming on and hopefully a myriad of other individuals that can give us some perspective, some understanding and some insight into education, learning, teaching through their own individual lens. So please come on this journey with me. It's so nice to have you. Let's create this community and please reach out because in isolation, I'm desperate for that connection and I hope that you are too. So a big welcome to After the Bell with Laura.